I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. And welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. It's a crazy world out there. We're still in this. But, you know, we're getting super close to the uh, the election. So make sure that you are registered. If you don't know if you're registered, easy. You can look it up online. It takes two seconds. And if you're able to, you can sign up to be a volunteer at a polling place. It's a great time to get out there and help your community. As you know, a lot of the times uh, people who run polling places are senior citizens. So it's great to get out there and help them stay safe and stay healthy by uh, volunteering your time. I put in my application last week and I'm just kind of waiting to hear if I get assigned a a polling place because I think it'd be really fun to do that. Today on the show, we have Naomi Grossman. You know her best from American Horror Story, where she played the iconic role of Pepper. She's done a million things. She's pretty awesome. And she was even up for an Emmy in 2018 for her work in Control-Alt-Delete. So here's that conversation with Naomi. Hello, Naomi. Hello. How are you on this quarantined day? Oh, here we are, you know, just another day. <laughs> <laughs> another day. How have you been spending your time? Oh, well, gosh, um, it's funny. You know, the first month, I, I feel like now people are like, oh, gosh, it's really getting to me. I'm like, getting mm. to you? Like, <laughs> I, I was like ugly crying within the first like 12 hours. Now I've really <laughs> kind of like settled in, you know what I mean? Like I was... Yeah. 
initially like month of March, I was like just a monkey, like just slinging poo at the cage, you know? And now I've just really settled into it. I kind of, you know, I'm in my routine, sleep till 10, nap nice. around noon. No, I mean, I'm kind of exaggerating, <laughs> but I do find that, um, you know, being creative and being active are my friends. Like I have yeah. to write and or, uh, you know, bicycle, swim, yoga, something um, uh, very aggressively for many, many hours a day. And then, you know, that will keep me from full on, you know, Whit Whitney Houstoning. So funny. I'm such like a, as I've gotten older, I've turned into a total homebody. So for me, I've just been like, oh, I can finally watch all of the Marvel movies. Great. I'm going to do that. Somebody said to me, um, we're, we're not, we're, what is it? We're all on the same roller coaster. We're just not all on the same part mm. of the ride. <laughs> you know, mm. some people are, are at yeah. the helm, like about to drop. Yeah. And some people are still <laughs> just coming up. You know, I like that. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. true. It's that's very true. I have gotten to that point where I'm like, I need human interaction Ooh. so yeah. badly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is why we yeah. have the show keep some bit of human interaction going I on I love it so thank you very much um so take me back to how you started in this industry because everybody knows you now from American Horror Story which you play Pepper and that's like the coolest character ever and super exciting um but how did you get started in all this well it's funny you know I, I knew having done my research on you that uh you know your show is a lot <laughs> about like auditioning and and what works and mostly mm -hmm. what doesn't. And um, my first audition ever was for a, a children's theater company that literally like I'd seen at our public library. Um, and, you know, I should have gotten it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's literally <laughs> like they're just choosing like kids who are, you know, ebullient. Like <laughs> you didn't have to really do much more than that. Uh, and yeah, right. I, I didn't, I was not cast. And so, but you know, I wasn't going to let that get to me. I, um, I, they offered workshops and I thought, oh, well, perfect. Mm. I'll just, you know, I'll take their classes and, you know, and eventually I'll, uh, maybe I'll get in their little company, which is, you know, mm. uh, so sure enough, I remember specifically going to, uh, I, this is, I know the long answer to your question, but so basically my very <laughs> first acting class, which was kind of, you know, a creative dramatics class for, you know, uh, okay. you got to imagine like seven to 13 year olds, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you were very young. Yeah, I was probably, yeah, 10 or 11. And um, okay. so, and I remember the, the teacher had us, you know, paint with your hand, paint with the right hand, paint, 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 oh, paint with both hands, paint, 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 paint. And, you know, and pretty much you're painting with your toes, paint, paint with your whole body. And I swear I was giving it my all. And I painted yeah, so hard, I full on projectile vomited all over. <laughs> this is the very first. My very first acting class, my very first um, exercise, my very first everything. And it was like the fact oh that I not, not only came back the next week, but like decided to like dedicate yeah. my life to this truly shows you like my level of dedication. Man, you have some oh, commitment. Yeah. Or I just got a problem. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So... Um, the fact is my, my folks were really, um, amazing about, 
exposing me to culture growing up. We go to, mm. you know, the ballet and the opera and the, the theater and the Philharmonic, wow. you name it. And I always just, I wanted to be up there, you know, under those lights. Mm. And um, so, yeah, you know, the, the, the first, uh, you know, real... Um, Step was to uh, I got into this. I did finally get into the um, uh, this children's theater company. And oh, I did get in it. finally. Uh, <laughs> I think they just couldn't let me go. Oh, they were like, they were like, God, if I see this child one more time, just give it to right. her. Anything. They were like, she's not going anywhere. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, I uh, you know I took the classes and I got in the company, and um, it's funny. Uh, the, some of the kids that uh, were in that with me are still at it, just like I am. You're like, yeah, oh, we're wow. still like a, kind of a crew that, um, you know, we keep tabs on ourselves. Um, yeah. My buddy Marcus is like the consummate bailiff cop on like every show. Like he's pulled <laughs> over everybody. Um, my my um, friend Vargas is a stand-up, does, he travels all over the world on cruises and, you know, performing for the troops. Oh, he does, fun. you know, a, a bazillion Disney voices. So, you know, we're still at it. Like these same kids yeah. with, uh, uh, who, you know, I vomited on 25, <laughs> 30 years later, you know, we're still at it. I love that. You know, I grew up acting as well and I, I still have friends that, you know, we were eight or 10 when we started together in the industry and we're all still going on it. There's a lot who dropped off, mind you, but there's still a good amount sticking yeah. through it. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, so you, so you did this as a child and then did you go to college for this as well or where, how did it get into your adult life? Well, yeah, no, I mean, I, I never even considered doing anything else. Um, uh, so yes, I, uh, I, Northwestern University was like the top of the, you know, U.S. News and World Report, whatever, yeah. theater schools at the time. So, like, I just never thought to go anywhere else. Like, I needed, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever that was number one. Um, <laughs> I did, uh, it's funny, I took a year off, um, pretty much, like, ditch senior year in, in school to go be mm. an exchange student in Argentina, Oh, fun. It's, it's interesting. It was like the one time in really my whole life that I've done something that wasn't like absolutely like, uh, you know, focused on theater or, you know, right. on the TV. Um, but ironically, it's it was actually like the most informative thing I've ever done for my career. Mm. <laughs> you know, the, the um, stories that came out of that year, uh, you know, um, in, basically were my muse for my first one woman show. Uh, the, you know, the Spanish I learned be, ended up becoming my sort of survival uh, side job skill. Oh, nice. Between, you know, waiting tables at Latin nightclubs to teaching Spanish <laughs> at the Playboy Mansion, among other no, places. What? Yes. So, <laughs> hey, listen, playmates need to speak Spanish too. I don't know. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think that should be a new requirement. Yeah, right? ¿Quién es más macho? ¿Quién es más macho? <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, so, you know, I did, like, that was the first year that I, I kind of came away and I was like, wait a minute, maybe I could do something else. But, mm. you know, at that point I was already, I was already in school and I was already a theater major. And so I, yeah. you know, I did that. And, um, you know, four years later, I was 
not quite done with Argentina. And so I, I did uh, sort of sow my oats, as you do after college, yeah. um, traveled around South America. And, and, and I did think about staying. Really? <laughs> uh, I did. And, and actually, this is what that first solo show is all about. Um, uh, not to, you know, spoiler alert, uh, but you know, my, my host mom basically said, you know, you need to do what you love, not just be in the place you love, you know, mm. like, yeah, yeah, you, you love it here. The, the, the food is it, it, far superior <laughs> you know, uh, to your McDonald's and, uh, you know, um, you know, yes, you're, you love the, the, the men, the, you know, the, the I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's like, but at a certain point you're going to get bored. Like it's going to be right. like brushing your teeth. Like, do you look forward to brushing your teeth? So, mm. um, I mean, that, that was good advice. Um, because it's face it, like, had I gone there, I mean, I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't have an acting career. Like I, would, right. I you wouldn't have the life you have now. No way. I mean, I, maybe I could have gotten some parts, but I would have been kind of like, obviously the kind of oddball American, even with my, you know, immaculate Spanish, like it would have, mm. yeah. So no. Have you gone back since then? Have you been back oh, to Argentina? Many, many times. In fact, it's weird. My dad <laughs> happened to since move there, you know, Oh wow! parents following their children's footsteps. Um, <laughs> so yeah, actually now that's like where I go home to, which is totally bizarre. Um, but How yeah. kismet of that. I know, right? React. Like what an interesting way to actually still call that home. Right. Isn't that funny? It's like I almost uh, manifested it. Like it felt totally. like home and now it is. And actually, funny enough, my mom is doing theater. So go oh. figure. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I love that you really influenced your parents. I know, right? <laughs> That's so funny. Very funny. So you come back from Argentina and then what? Um, moved to LA. I'd, uh, mm -hmm. My college boyfriend was a PA on Friends, which was, oh. you know, the big show at the time, of course. Um, yes. So, you know, I, I don't know if I thought he was going to, I don't know. I, I thought, if anything, that we last longer than the like 24 hours that we did. But um, I was still, you know, committed to being here. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I it, he did. He made the decision between New York and L.A. easy, but, mm. uh, you know, the sunshine and, uh, you know, weather sort of closed it. Um, yeah. Even after the relationship um, dwindled. Um, but, yeah, besides, I really always I always wanted to do television and which is funny because <laughs> my folks actually forbade TV. Um, they, really? Yeah. They were like uber cultured like um like I remember I was caught watching that movie Clueless back in college oh, God, yes. and they were like what are you what kind of trash are you watching I, I don't oh know why God. I gave them a, a, a British accent they're not <laughs> but like they're that it's just more posh sounding exactly so and of course like the only way I could justify watching this you know drizzle is the fact that it was based <laughs> on a Jane Austen movie the minute I justified that they were like oh oh you know, oh, now they're settling down to watch. on Jane Austen. Interesting. Yeah, totally. So, um, <laughs> you know, basically you've got to imagine, like I was a kid who, uh, you know, while other kids were off like sneaking, you know, cigarettes, I was sneaking like the Cosby show, you know? I love that. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. So, you know, parents let your kids watch television. They might grow Seriously. up wanting to be a TV star. 
Um, I feel like there's no child, at least in America, that doesn't watch TV now. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, it's so Unless much it's better than thing. it was. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's so much... I mean, not only art, artful television, but there's so much um, informative television. I mean, all these documentaries and it's not all just, um, you know, reality trash, although there's plenty of that too. Um, (laughs) Don't you know it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Anyway, I guess um, it's funny, but I, I always wanted to be on TV specifically. I think I just wanted to be a part of people's life on a weekly basis, you know, like they were, right. they would join in into my life or I would join into theirs, you know, once a week. Of course, now it's like you, you know, people binge, you can binge it. it all. Yeah. <laughs> they binge it all. But that, you know, so that's why I, uh, even though I was obviously um, uh, trained in theater, mm-hmm. um, I, I specifically had my sights set on TV, even though at the time, there was still a stigma, you know, right. movies were definitely like the, that was the, the high brow uh-huh, stuff uh-huh. And, and TV was sort of second tier, but I don't know. It's I, interesting. I, never... I mean, I, I definitely feel like there's been a rise in TV because I started in the industry when it was like 2001 and film was still taken to the highest regard. And now it feels like it's just switched. Right. I know. Well, now all the big movie stars want to be on TV. Yeah. So. Yep, which means us people who did the guest stars are I doing know. the co-stars now. I know. <laughs> if that, if they'll even have us now, right? Yeah, if they'll even <laughs> audition us. Good Lord. Oh my God. <laughs> so when did, because I read that you were part of Groundlings for a while too. When did that come into play? Yeah, let's see. I, I want to say I did that like 2001 to 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a long process. Like if people, you know, want to be groundlings, like I'm like, well, do you want to be like, why why not be an astronaut? Like that might be faster, (laughs) you know, (laughs) honestly. Um, So yeah, I want to say I, you know, I started in 2001 and and I was fortunate to never have to repeat. Um, That's nice. But it still took forever, you know, and uh, in 2005, 2006, I was in the Sunday company. Wow. Yeah. That's a big accomplishment. Yeah, it it, it is. I mean, people who aren't necessarily in the industry don't know, but it is kind of, it's a, I I don't want to say pyramid scheme because that sounds super dodgy, but, But... you know, it, it pretty much is a place that attracts anyone and everyone who was ever funny ever from yeah. high school. So you can imagine like there's this massive, you know, pool of people that are attracted to this mm-hmm. you know, little theater on Melrose. And then, yeah, five years later, there's a really select little crew. And um, yeah, I mean, I was in a, a my cast was 14 folks, wow. uh, all of which were just amazing yeah. and um and then you know there was a vote as they do there mm-hmm. and um they actually uh, let 10 of us go um oh my you know, god overnight. and it was really brutal yeah uh, and, but you know at the same time you you really can't take it personally it's at that level it's almost like sorority rush mm. and they're, they're just deciding who they want to the tea party you know what i yeah. mean it's not like anyone's you can't have gotten that far and not be totally hilarious. Mm-hmm. In fact, for that matter, I mean, the list of 
like truly legendary comics who've been let go mm. as, from the Groundlings is so much longer than those who actually were Groundlings. You know, I mean, Funny. I remember doing um, Adam Sandler's uh, show once. And he, I mean, he is so funny. You can't even like get a word in edgewise. Right. You, you don't dare, you know, because <laughs> it's only taking away from like laughs from him. And yet, you know, he was telling me he didn't get past like intermediate or whatever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, part of me is like, I feel like I almost won in that mm. I'm this much more elite crowd of, of those that were actually let go. Right. I love that. I love <laughs> yeah. that spin. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, Produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Well, it took me a while to get there. Like, I, I do remember being let go and feeling like the world had ended. Like, I I used to wear my my all my wigs that I'd accumulated mm. over my time there like out in public because <laughs> I was just because I was so horrified of the person that I was mostly oh, like no. well I was you know I needed a job you know yeah. I couldn't so I I I I took to you know passing out gum at the festival or condoms at the bar or whatever you know ping pong job that you know actors sometimes are forced to do yeah. and and yet I didn't want to be that person so I figured if I could disappear into a character then no one would catch no one would know it was me they mm. think you know just this crazy lady in a wig. Um, Funny. Which is what I was for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually, about that. Yeah, I was caught by a girlfriend. She saw me. She's like, Naomi. Oh my god, how awkward! What's going on? What are you doing? And I pretended like I didn't know her. I mean, it was, oh, just, no. it was horrifying. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me about because obviously you've probably talked about this so many times, but tell me about playing Pepper on American Horror Story, because that must have been just life-changing for you. It was. Um, 
I, I also didn't see it coming. Mm. You know, I mean, I'd been, let's see, I got my SAG card on my 15th birthday. Oh. And I, I want to say I was cast as Pepper at age 37. Wow. So I'd been doing, I'd been go, going 22 years of, you know, auditioning, mm -hmm. callbacks, on a veil, pinned, you name it. And nothing, you know. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, when they did cast me, I figured it was just one of like a, an army of pinheads. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like an, it was like maybe a glorified extra type right. role. It never occurred to me that it could be this, you know, breakout thing. And who knows? I don't know that they even knew it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I really get the sense uh, that, as, well, especially that show, because they're writing it as they go. Right. You know, I think that, um, uh, that first day in that day room, you know, where you had the guy with Tourette's over to your left mm -hmm. and the lady with the, you know, sex uh, obsession to your mm -hmm. right, that they're really just sort of threw a bunch of crazies in the day room and like, see what stuck, you right. know, and, and watch the message boards, like <laughs> right. check, check social media and see what folks are responding to. And, mm -hmm. um, so, it was you. you know, <laughs> apparently, yeah. Luckily it was you. Yeah. So that was great. But I didn't know that. You know, I mean, when when Pepper went pee in uh, episode three and yeah. sort of disappeared into the, you know, well, she was kicking it with the aliens. But <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, literally, like, I thought maybe I'd screwed up on set. And, mm. you know, I mean, they were, they did tell me don't change your hair, mm. but, which was a good sign of, yeah. you know, something to come. But I, I didn't know. I just, you know, people would, and then the show started to air and people would ask me, well, what happened? Where's Pepper? What's going on? And I'm like, like I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I just know I can't touch my hair. That's all. That's the extent of what I know. Oh my gosh. So yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. It's crazy that like they didn't tell you what they wanted to do with the character. Like that's wild to me. Nothing. And even then, I mean, when they did call me back for, you know, the, this transformed Pepper, I mm -hmm. didn't even, uh, I would say, um, you know, I, I, I never got full scripts, not mm. until season four. Wow. So, you know, all I got was like the pages I was in. Mm. Um, so I couldn't really follow, you know, the storyline at all. Yeah. And um, and I just remember, get, you know, seeing the pages that I was in and then these chunks of like monologue. Mm. And I'm like, how's this going to go down? Like the, she's basically nonverbal, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I remember asking for my teeth because I was like, mm. I'm going to need to practice. Like this, they're not easy to, to talk in, much I, less, no. um, you I know, think so. intelligible or intelligent. Yeah. Um, but even then, I mean, I was literally in the makeup chair getting done up for the day to work, you know, to do those monologues. Mm. And I was, you know, verifying with the makeup people because they were kind of my connection to yeah. the producers. Like, just want to make sure when you say normal, like, what does that <laughs> What does mean? that actually mean? Can you please tell me what is normal? Yeah, because normal pepper, I mean, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, well, especially it's not, because it's like what you've been doing as pepper is pepper's normal to you. So normal. what is exactly. this normal that you're talking about? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it was, um, I mean, the good news is they cast an improviser, you mm, know, yeah. who is used to changing on a dime. And like, when you say, 
oh, like a doctor or mm. like, a, you know, I can go, okay, I can do that. Got it. Um, but yeah, it's true. I mean, they gave me a good month to prepare for the early pepper. You know, they, mm-hmm. I had the, you know, I was watching freaks on a loop and I was mm. like, I had all kinds of, you know, preparation, worked with a coach, you name it. And then I had, you know, a, hours sitting in the makeup chair to prepare for this, uh, for this, you know, normal pepper. Right. How, how crazy. That's crazy, crazy to me. <laughs> but wow, what a wild ride that must have been. Oh, totally. Yeah. How fun. So great. <laughs> uh, so I also read that you were nominated for an Emmy in 2018 for Control what? Delete. Tell me about that. What's that about? Well, so that is a fun little abortion comedy. Because, oh. um, you know, that's really fun. Super um, funny. <laughs> no, it's um, uh, my friends, uh, Roni Giva and um, Margaret Catch have this um, little web series, uh, which is basically set in an abortion clinic. Hmm. Um, it's all based on real story, women's stories. Um, uh, and uh, I... I, I <laughs> When they asked me to be in it, I um, I thought, yeah, why not? You know, yeah. the Shears is set in a bar and the office is set in the office. Right. Like, why not? Like, this is something we haven't really seen. Yeah. And, um, and, and I just, I really like the message that there is comedy to be had everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and there really is. And, and especially because it does, um, uh, it does support, uh, you know, women's, uh, right to choose mm-hmm. and um and you know I just comedy is fine and I'm all about that I mean let's face it I was doing it at the groundlings for mm-hmm. five years uh but you know at the same time if 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 that same comedy can um deliver a message right uh, then even better yeah. keep <laughs> so that's amazing yeah I love that I'm gonna have to watch that where can I find that um I want to say Facebook. Okay. I'm going to look uh, yeah. it up after this. I mean, I'm sure if you just Google Control-Alt-Delete, you'll find it. They've do done it. two seasons now. Uh, the second season is um, much better in terms of just production value, mm. um, although my part isn't as good uh, <laughs> or as big. Um, no, uh, but there's a reason for it. Okay. It's that uh, season two is actually all set in the course of one day. Oh, Wow. And um, my role, Lorna, is what we call a, uh, jokingly, of course, uh, an abortionado. So basically one who gets many ad- abortions, oh, gosh. Um, which is apparently <laughs> a thing. Um, so, uh, unfortunately for Lorna or me, uh, there's only so many abortions you can get in a day. So basically, oh my, I, my role <laughs> is diminished substantially in season two, sadly. But, um, but I'm in there. Um, yeah, so, you are. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's, it, it's cute. They, and well, second season, they, they ended up getting, because of this nomination, I'm sure, uh, although not exclusively, they, uh, got a lot of support from Planned Parenthood nice. and a lot of sort of these groups, uh, women's groups, um, that were able to, you know, help their budget. That's amazing. Thing. I love that. Yeah. So the point of the show is to tell uh, funny or sad or something stories about auditions or things that you almost got. Do you have any uh, stories that you'd like to share? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I'm pretty positive I went out for the role of Flo. 
no. uh, you know, progressive. Yeah. So Stephanie Courtney, who's a groundling, uh, actually got that role. Mm. Um, and it's just funny because I've had so many people, you know, my mo- own mom included, is like, you know, you should have been that girl. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm like, I know, mom. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I auditioned for it. Yeah, though Stephanie and Stephanie and I used to always go out for the same stuff. Wow. And you know, it's funny, of course, at the time I was like, man, like that would have been a paycheck. Like mm-hmm. that would have pretty much changed the course of my life. But at the same time, let's face it, the course of what my life changed anyway. Mm-hmm. And I and it might not have changed in the same way if I were flow from progressive. You know what I mean? So true. I just like that story because it lets you know, like. Well, I don't know if there is a master plan, but I just know (laughs) there's no sense in sort of micromanaging our careers and bemoaning what what could have happened, because who knows, maybe the thing that's supposed to happen, you know, wouldn't have happened had that thing happened or whatever. How funny. So that was probably that was around the same time as when you auditioned for Pepper then. Yeah, I want to say a couple years before. Like I definitely, you know, it was there to sort of plague me for a little while, but not for long, not for long. And anytime I see Stephanie Courtney, I'm like, please, can we take a picture? Because the two of us side by side, I really do look like her like cracked out cousin. It's like, we totally could be sisters, but like one of us was like the migrated twin. You know what I mean? One of us came out as just like a growth on her shoulder, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. You know, I mean, I'm thinking I, there's another audition story. I remember auditioning as a little girl for a Pop-Tart commercial mm. and uh, not getting the memo. We, it was basically one of those, uh, if you remember back in the 80s, where, uh, you know, there's a girl sunbathing on the top of a skyscraper mm. and a, a Pop-Tart <laughs> comes flying through. And I was supposed to be that that girl that, like, uh-huh. fits up in her bikini. Wow! Anyway, I did not get the memo that I was to wear my bathing suit to the audition. And so I remember having this real like moment of truth there with the casting director in Denver as he asked me to, you know, please disrobe. And there I was like way too young, like, you know, I don't know, 15 years old, like panicking like oh my god this is it this is the casting couch this, you know, how bad do I want this commercial you know what I mean I bet I knew it I wanted it bad enough to like vomit everywhere but like you know how, how fortunately I had the good sense in that moment to mention I wasn't wearing anything good good um, he of course had a total meltdown and you know ran into the waiting room to like Oh a, a bur- further disaster so it all worked out but it was one of those true moments that I remember like deciding like it, you know how bad how bad did I want it right oh my gosh so, I can't even imagine I know I know oh god so, the, the the other uh, you know audition story that I'm you know reminded of is of course the pepper audition mm. only because I remember walking into that waiting room and it was just me and a sea of little people. Mm. And I mean, I am short. I'm five feet of fun. And uh, I have been up against, you know, um, little people before. Mm. Uh, but it was one of those moments where I was like, God damn it. Like, does my agent not understand, like, the difference mm. between, like, bon- bona fide dwarf or, what? you know, legal, actual. Right 
what that is and and like just being petite like there it, there is a difference right yeah and um I I mean I remember like in the back of my mind being like you wasted my time like I just you know I drove to the valley <laughs> you're like I nice. you know I memorized these lines yeah I'm like ugh. And here I am, this like giant walking in. I want to say I even made a joke about it to the casting director. Like, oh I don't gosh. know what you want me, what, what I'm doing here. Um, <laughs> but, and of course I killed it. You know, it's yeah. like the one audition in the 22 years that I actually really, truly nailed. Mm. And, um, and I remember then, of course, driving home, like, you know, berating ourse- myself like you do. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, uh, and, but, you know, it was such a, it was such a, a good lesson to me. Because the fact is, like, I'm just the actor. Like, I'm not the casting director. Like, it is not my job to decide whether I'm too tall or Mm -hmm. too short or too ugly or too beautiful or too whatever. Like, who knew that I was what they wanted? Like, in my mind, I was like, it's American Horror Story. If they want a freak, they're going to find a freak. Like, why? You know, and then, of course, they did. (laughs) (laughs) That's the beauty of it all. But, um. Oh my you gosh. know, I, I and then of course the callback was really awesome because that was really just in, in entailed a meeting with makeup. Wow! So they basically, I drove to the makeup studio. I was still auditioning, mm. you know, but they took a bunch of pictures of me and a couple other actresses that they knew could handle the demands of the role. They later manipulated those images to see what what I you know would look like with mm-hmm. all this makeup, and um. And, and that's what's so crazy is, you know, we actors, um, you know, we'll, we'll uh, you know, we'll replay the audition a million times in oh, our yeah. mind. Oh, if only I'd done it this way or said it that way. It doesn't matter. Like, no. who knew the bridge of my nose looked best? Like, <laughs> that's it. And it's not like I have a great nose. It's not remarkable in any way uh you know i i've never thought to change it but i could have and then i would have totally screwed myself out of this role so yeah. um you know i i just think it's a good lesson to actors to again stop casting yeah <laughs> just do just show up on time know your lines and like just show do up do the work leave yeah, and then forget about it forget and about yeah it. Yeah. And like, you might look like the um, director's ex-wife, in which case you're screwed. Like under, you could be Laurence Olivier. It does not matter. You ain't getting past. So like, stop worrying about it. I think, you know, I think there was a commercial that I did when I was a kid that uh, the director had said that his ex-wife's name was Jillian. And it was like part of the reason why I got it. And I was like, interesting. Okay. Oh, wow. Isn't that bizarre? It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah. Actually, Pepper, I was um, a second, not the second choice, but they had cast actually someone else before me, a, a, an actual little person, mm. and later decided, I don't know why, they needed someone completely proportionate. But, wow. And, and, and that, that particular person was not. But, yeah, who knew? Who knew? How bizarre. Again, not my problem, not my job. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I feel like as actors, we also often be like, oh, well, you can just change my hair. You can do this. I'll do whatever you need me to do. But it's like, they'll do it if they want to do it. Oh, sure. Exactly. 100%. I mean, I I did a very small part on Castle years ago, and it was like a two-day role, and they dyed my hair black. Like, if they really want you in that role, they're going to find a way to put you in that role. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, how oh. can people find you on social media? I'm uh, at Naomi W. Grossman across all platforms. I'm verified, so know. Oh, just look yes. for that little blue tick, friends. That's right. <laughs> what else do you have coming up? Do you have anything um, that you filmed that's about to come out, or do you have Ooh. things on the table that you're looking at? Well, uh, yeah, I did. Um, I voiced a video game, recently, which any uh, big gamers listening will be excited about. It's the new Mafia, Fun. Um, which was you know, big back in the day and mm-hmm. now it's making a comeback. Um, yeah, it was fun. You know, I got to do my Chicago accent, which I haven't done. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and then, uh, gosh, well, I've been working during quarantine on my new next one woman show. I've done, you know, two prior and now yeah. I'm working on a third. And of course, uh, who knows when we'll be able to be in theaters right. and live audiences again. But, you know, the cool thing is I've ever since I've been working on this, I've sort of had my sight set on on uh, doing it as a one hour comedy special, you know, streaming services. And what's crazy is now that's probably just as likely to Mm -hmm. have happen as be in a theater with with a live audience. Totally. That's what's so crazy. Like the thing that seemed at one time so unattainable and, and, and lofty is now like probably more likely 100%. in this changing world. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm excited. Hopefully that yeah. uh, that happens and we can all watch it. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, this has not been a great time for us, you know, extroverts no. who, you know, living alone, who, you know, really get our energy from people. Uh, but uh, it has been good in that this is the one time I mean, like I said, I've done this before twice Hmm. um, and and still managed to have a a life (laughs) uh, (laughs) on the side. Um, And now I, you know, I have no life, but I also have no distractions and there is nothing keeping me from working on this. And there's also no deadlines. You know what I mean? Like it's done when I say so. And that's kind of awesome. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, I have to try to find the, the silver lining here. Otherwise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to get ugly if you, if you can't. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. It was so nice talking to you. Oh, it was so fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Thanks again to Naomi for coming on the show. Tune in next week where I talk to my friend Denzel Whitaker. You know him from literally everything because he's in everything. Um, but you probably know him best from Black Panther. So make sure to tune in next week for that. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. You can also follow us on social media for updates and graphics and all that kind of fun stuff that happens on the interwebs. Don't forget to tell your friends, your family, your cat about the show. And as always, thanks for coming in. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. 
The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.